Good morning. morning. Certainly thankful to be able to look out and see such a fine group of people gathered here today to worship God. Thankful for Daniel for your fixing the computer and everything and for Bible class this morning and Kevin for your singing and Mary. Uh, And thankful for the opportunity to come before you this morning. This morning I'd like to talk to you about the subject of peace. How do you define peace? What does it mean to you? Well, Webster defines peace as a state of quietness, a freedom from civil unrest or disturbance, a state of security. The Greek define it in our Bible as to join to, to become one with, to set a right again, quietness. In Hebrew, is much the same way it says to have harmony with, to have wholeness with, completeness, tranquility. Perhaps, but even a greater question would be, do you have peace? Do you have peace within you, within your heart, within your soul, within your mind? That perhaps is even the more important thing. The Bible tells us to let the peace of Christ be in control of our hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace, to live in peace. Be thankful, Colossians 3.15. Peace is more than just a mere word or idea or a feeling it's a way of life it's a gift that god gives to those who give themselves to his son jesus christ and then walk in his ways god gives peace to each and every one of his children though you wouldn't know it by the way we act so many times whenever things go wrong we get all bent out of shape we get angry we we just act like just everyone else now if you don't experience peace or if you're not experiencing peace in your heart it's more often not because you have, not, you have chosen, perhaps unknowingly, not to let peace rule in your heart and minds. That is, we have not practiced it, applied it in such a way that it controls our hearts and our minds and our lives no matter what's going on around us. We all know people, or at least I hope we do, that no matter what goes on, they never get upset, they never get angry, they never get bent out of shape. Uh, there was a guy I worked with up in Ohio named Phil, and he come to work every day, happy, smiling, didn't matter what was going on, customers calling, screaming, cussing him out on the phone, Phil had a smile. One day, Phil lost his wife due to cancer, come into work, still had to smile. About a year later, Phil lost both of his children in a car accident. None of that changed Phil one single bit. Phil was still Phil, no matter what, still had a smile. Of course, now he loved to miss his family, but circumstances didn't affect Phil's peace no matter what the world threw at him. And I didn't understand it at first, but I finally found it out why. I'll let you in on his secret. He had his I am cap on. What, you never heard of an I am cap? Well, don't be surprised, I just made it up. So. <laughs> uh, it's just a little way of reminding us of a little thing we're going to look at here about six steps about what to do and to make sure that that peace always stays in your mind. Uh, we've heard about the full armor of God in Ephesians 6. And this is kind of along the same, the same lines as that. So we're going to be looking at six steps that we can take by putting on this little I am cap. It's just going to be a little way of remembering that. So that whenever life threatens to steal your peace, you can just stop and think about my I am cap. It may sound corny, but hopefully it'll help you out a little bit. So the first thing we're going to look at is I. I is in Jesus. You will experience peace when and only when you trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. 
Now, as we looked at in our Bible reading that Jimmy did for us earlier, God says, my name is I Am. Well, I Am translates to Jehovah. So now we're going to look at a few more names of Jehovah to kind of help us out. And the first one we're going to look at is Jehovah Mekadishka, which means I am the Lord who sanctifies. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior has done for us. We all, each and every one person here, are going to die at some point. We don't know when, we don't know where, but we all know death is coming for us all. And when we know <clears throat> that each and every person will uh, stand before the judgment seat of God, unless you have made peace beforehand in Jesus Christ. Until you commit yourself totally to Jesus Christ, you will uh, never know peace with God. You will always be in constant fear Am I good enough? Did I do good enough today? Do my bad deeds outweigh my good? Or rather, do my good outweigh my bad? If I die, will I go to hell? But for those who have accepted God's gift, we have a peace that the devil just cannot steal. We know beyond a shadow of doubt where we will spend eternity. The Bible tells us in John chapter 5, verse 13, I have written these things, these promises to you, who believe in Jesus that you will know with a settled, absolute knowledge that you have eternal life. Not that you might get, not that you maybe will get one day, but that you have eternal life. Those who have committed to Jesus as their Lord have obeyed His commandments never have to worry or fret or question about their salvation ever again. It's settled. It's a done deal. Romans 8, 35 and 39 says, Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. John 10, 28, 29 says, no one can snatch them from my hand. Everyone cl close your eyes for just a minute. Picture the biggest, baddest, meanest, toughest guy you know. The one that just scares you to death. Now imagine walking up to him and slapping his kid that's sitting in his lap or trying to hurt his kid sitting in his lap. That didn't work out so good for you in your mind probably. Well, it's no different with God. God, the almighty, all-powerful, all-controlling creator of this universe. We are his children. As long as we stay in his lap, stay in his hand, ain't nobody going to mess with us. Ain't nobody going to touch us. Now, some may lead us away and try to hurt us in private, but as long as we stay in God, we're good to go. The next step of our I am cap is A. A for all. To experience peace, we must come to understand that God sovereignly rules over all things. Jehovah Adonai, the Lord Sovereign. I am the Lord Sovereign. Psalms 103.19 says, The Lord has established His throne in the heavens and His sovereignty rules over all. To have peace, we must know and believe in God's promises such as this to us. To trust in His holy word and power to do what He said He would do. When we do, we will find it freeing. It frees us from feeling anxious and worried about what will happen because we know the one who's in charge of all things. But if you don't trust and believe on his promises to you, then you will, uh, will you be condemned to go through life always fretting and worried about every little situation, always trying to control every situation, always feeling that you have to be in uh, charge of being in everything or worried about others controlling your life. 
That's why so many people uh, feel like they have to be in control of every aspect of everything. They fear that if someone else was, they'll mess it up. But it's all for nothing because God has already decided how things will be. We are not in control of a single thing in this world. You can't control or change anything that happens to you uh, on your own. The only thing that we can control, the only thing that we have power over is how we react to things that are going on. But other than that, we have no control. We can't control our jobs. My boss could come in tomorrow, hey, you're laid off, you're fired, we're moving to the plant to Mexico, whatever the case may be. You can't control your spouse. Your spouse can come in, hey, I've met someone else, I'm moving on or whatever, or could die. Uh, you can't control the government for sure. The government can't even control the government. Uh, laws, health. A few months ago, I was in the gym, benching 300 pounds. Now I can't even do 50 pounds. You know, we have no control of nothing, our kids or anything else. And for one, I'm extremely grateful for this because I know me. I'll mess it up. We was talking about in Bible class the other day how many men don't read the instructions. We just get the thing and put it together. I know me. I'd have it all wopsided and everything else. God, though, God will not mess it up. God has promised that he is in control of everything. Romans 8.28 says that he will cause everything that's going on to turn out for my benefit, for my good, if, uh, for those that love and trust him. So quiet, quiet yourself and stop trying to control everything that's going on around you. It's above your pay grade. Let God, who is much more capable, handle everything. I mean, he's going to anyway, according to his word, so why not just stop and enjoy the ride and see what he's got in store for us? Step three, M, for meat. To have peace, we must trust God to meet all of our needs. Jehovah Jireh, I am the Lord who provides. I believe his promise to provide for us eliminates an awful lot of stress in their lives. Uh, Philippians 4.19 says, God said that He will supply all of our needs, all of our daily needs according to His riches. Not according to my bank account, but according to His bank account. So we can trust in God. God has made the promise here and many other times in the Bible for all His obedient children. Now that doesn't mean we can just sit back and draw a check. That means we don't have to do something. No. But as long as we go out, put forth whatever effort we are capable of in a godly fashion, then God will see to it we have every single thing we need. Now, we ain't all going to have new Cadillacs. We don't all need new Cadillacs. But God says, I will see to it that you have everything you need. So we don't have to concern ourselves with, can I make it or not? We already know God says he will. He's always going to provide for his children. His peace is available to all who believe in and trust him to be faithful and true to his word. Or as Elijah put it, how much longer will you waver hobbling going back, between, back and forth between two opinions? If he is the Lord God, follow him. If he's the Lord God, believe him. If he is God, trust him. You know you can. <clears throat> because the moment you don't, the moment we start to doubt God's word, we forfeit our peace in this world. But if we continue to trust in him, then his peace, which goes beyond all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us this in Philippians 4, 7. Step four, C, clear conscience. To have peace, we must maintain a clear conscience. Jehovah Rapha, I am the God, the Lord who heals. 
and forgives. Exodus uh, 15 and John, First uh, John 1 and 9 kind of say the same thing. It's, both of them have lines of, if we freely admit that we have sinned and we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and true to His own nature and promises and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us continually from all unrighteousness. And this is the uh, amplified version here I'm reading from. And Jesus himself promised us. He says, I am leaving you with the gift, a peace of mind and of heart. And the peace I give to you is not like anything the world can give. So do not be troubled or be afraid. That's John chapter 14 and verse 27. But if we allow sin to come back into our lives and to remain there after accepting Jesus Christ, well then our conscience will begin to gnaw away at that peace because we are in direct disobedience to the very one who, the only one who can give us that peace. And the peace will not return to us as long as we are living outside the perfect will of God. But if we confess our sins and let it go, repent of it, then we can know that he's faithful and true to forgive us and that peace will return to us as promised and our conscience will be cleansed. The next one is uh, A for accept. To have peace in our hearts, we must accept ourselves and not only accept, but even embrace ourselves the way God has made us. Jehovah Hosanna, I am the Lord, your creator, your maker. Psalms 95 and 6 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. I have seen countless relationships when I was in the Army, I did some marriage counseling, and a big part of the relationships that failed was because of this. Either people would not accept themselves as they were, and they would try to change, try to fit something else. And then at some point, they're going to get tired of trying to be that, and they'll go back to being what it was. I'll say, well, you've changed. No, I just went back to being original. Or people will try to get others to change to fit in what they think there should be or what they think their standards should be. And it just creates a lot of friction and causes a lot of problems in relationships. Now, I'm not trying to say we should try to change our bad habits. We don't need to give God credit for the things that we've messed up, the things that we've picked up along our way. Uh, but God has made each and every one of us just the way he wants us, with talents, with personalities and traits to fit his purpose and his plan. For example, if you think back to where Jesus was getting ready to come into the to Jerusalem. He sent two disciples to go get a donkey, to go get a, a colt that had never been ridden before. And this is a great example of that. He sent Peter. Now, Peter, whenever I picture Peter in my mind, Peter's a pretty tough character. I picture a big old brawny fisherman or a, a biker type of guy or a big old redneck, just somebody you don't play around with. Uh, and then he also sent John. Now, John's the complete opposite of Peter. John's loving, patient, kind, real gentle. But it took the two of them working together to get the task done. If he had sent Peter by himself, then he might be missing a few people, be missing a few extra ears. The, the, you know, the donkey would have still come there, but it would have got a rough way. But by sending John to quiet Peter, to steal Peter. Now, if he sent John by himself, well, they just would have run all over John, maybe. And now he would have come back with nothing. But God uses us, the talents, the abilities, the way we are to accomplish our purpose. And we need to kind of accept that and embrace it. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, God tells us we all have been given different gifts and God is the source of those gifts. 
All services, talents, and uh, work differently, but are all needed. All must be put in use if the church as a whole is going to work as it's supposed to work. There is none that is more important than others. Some may be more visible, may seem more honorable, but all are just as vital and just as important. We must accept and our part, and God will help us to succeed in it. In Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21, the Lord of peace will equip us, enable us with everything we need to do His work. Trust in that promise. You think that, you know, that little boy, I'm sure didn't think that his little lunchbox was going to be able to do what God needed to do. There's no way you could feed all these people with that little lunchbox. But that little boy just trusted Jesus to take those couple of fish, those couple of loaves that he brought, and when he trusted Jesus and did his part, then God's miracles were performed. He just carried lunchbox, but that was just as important, just as needed as anything else. And it's not just our abilities and our talents we should uh, be content with and accept, but also our bodies. Uh, God is our maker, the potter who formed us and shaped us. In Romans 9 and 20, it says, Shall the thing be informed, saying to the thing, Why did you make me this way? God, why did you give me this big nose? Why did you give me these big ears or whatever the case may be? No, just be glad that the potter made you, that he created you. Jeremiah 1.5, God says, I knew you before you were formed in the womb. I knew you and loved you. To be at peace, we must embrace the way God has made us and take pride in it. God doesn't make junk. He doesn't make mistakes. He created you, formed you, made you, and said it is good. He made you the way he wanted you. You are his workmanship, his masterpiece. Celebrate it, revile in it, or revel in it. Uh, I knew a boy I grew up with. He was scared or hated his ears. He thought they just stuck out like that. He just knew somebody was going to call him Dumbo. And of course, when you tell everybody that, they're going to call you that. They're going to go along with it. Had he not pointed out, no one would probably notice. But every night he would take tape and he would tape his ears to the back of his head to try to train them. To stay down. And then every morning he'd pull it off, pulling his hair out and everything else. But he just never could. If he could have cut his ears off, I believe he would have. But he just never could accept himself the way God had it. And he, it takes away a lot of peace out of your life. But think about it. Can you make the Mona Lisa better by adding to her smile? No. You'll ruin it. Especially like me. I can't paint a straight line for nothing. But you will ruin it. And not only that, will you ruin the vision that the creator of the Mona Lisa the, the artist had and the painting would be worthless. Embrace who you are and how you were made. The last step, P. P is for purpose. To have peace in our lives, we must know and realize that we have a purpose to our lives, a meaning behind it. We are here for a reason. There is meaning to our lives and to our creation. The next word, the next name of God is Jehovah Nessie, I am the Lord, your banner, your flag, your cause, your king. You are my army. It's because of, uh, you know why so many people turn to alcohol and drugs and join gangs and things like that? It's because they are empty. They're aimless. They're lonely. They want to fit in to belong to something. God said it is not good for man to be alone. The very first thing and to be without purpose. The very first thing we see God do in the book of Genesis is give Adam a job. He said, okay, you're going to take care of this garden. You're going to name these animals. Man needs a purpose. And the next thing he says, I'm going to give you a mate because man is not good for man to be alone. But with God as our banner, with our mission and our cause and our king, we are never alone. 
Us believers have a mission. We have a cause to fight for, a destination we are headed for. For us, life is not about just working to pay the bills, or at least it should never be. Life is not about just going on from day to day to day till you get old and die. I mean, how depressing, how sad would that be if that was the only thing you had to look forward to? No, we are all, you and me, every believer in the world, in this building, have a part of our master's plan to play. We are never alone. That's just Satan's way of trying to trick us and to steal our peace. There is a reason you're going through every single thing that you're going through in this life. 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5, Peter says that we are all being shaped, fit together perfectly with other believers. It's just like when you see a mason building a brick wall or a stone wall. He's got to cut some of the pieces off the stone. He's got to chisel some of them off. He's got to get some of the mortar to squish out here and there to fit there. God is building a wall. He's building a building, a spiritual building, not made by hands, the Bible says. God himself is building us and shaping us to, uh, to fit the role, to fit that niche that we all need, or we're all designed for. Take comfort and peace in knowing that you are never alone. You are not a mistake. You're going through every, whatever you're going through for a reason. Your life has meaning. It has a purpose. God has a plan just for you. You were created just the way you are. You were selected and chosen to fill that uh, role. You have a part to play. And in closing, just remember your I am cat. I for in Jesus. We are all in Jesus. A for God rules over all. M for God will meet all your needs. C to maintain that clear conscience with confession. A for accept you uh, as the way God made you. You are his masterpiece. You are his work of art. And purpose. You have a mission, a reason to be, a role to play. But friends, there is no peace outside of God. Trust me, I've looked myself, uh, before I come to know Jesus, I looked everywhere and found it all to be empty and meaningless. The last name of God we're going to go over here this, this morning is Jehovah Shalom. I am the Lord of peace. I am the God of peace. There is peace in no other under heaven and earth, only in God. If you want to have peace the rest of your days, then you have to surrender your life to God and to Jesus Christ. Then you will come to know the rock of ages, the, the Jehovah Shalom. Accept his word, believe his promises, believe on his son, trust him as your savior and Lord. Turn from the world and self to follow him and obey him. Confess him and all you do and all you say and all your ways acknowledge him and put him on in baptism. Do these things and you will have peace all your days. If there is any way that we can help you to on your quest for peace, to put on that I am cap as we said, then please won't you come forward now as together we stand and sing and let us help you any way we can. Would you live for Jesus and be all if you're good? Would you walk with Him within the narrow road? Would you have Him bear your burden and carry all your load? Let Him have His way with thee. His power can make you what you want to
Father, we thank you for the, the sunshine and the warm weather that you've given us the last couple of days. We thank you for that and the, and the flowers and the trees starting to bloom out. And it just shows your handiwork and your creation, Father. And we, we thank you for that. We pray that you'll be with those who are not able to be with us this morning due to sickness, that your healing hand will be up on them, that you'll comfort them and be with their families as they're taking care of them, Father. 
We ask you to be with those who are traveling and on the roads that you'll keep them safe and bring them back to us when, and if it be your will and, and that you'll be with them, Father. Be with us as we leave this place. Forgive us for our sins and bring us back again tonight if it be your will. And it's in your Son's holy name we pray. Amen. Happy birthday.